Hello there, welcome to another episode of the 12 Shows of Richard Herring podcast. I've literally just arrived home after my second to last preview of Happy Now, which I have to say, um, well it went quite well tonight, but uh, I haven't done enough previews really. And I probably did about 40 minutes tonight, so I, within the next few days, I'm recording this on Monday night, I have to come up with another 20 minutes of material and mould this thing together mould together into some kind of show, but I'm actually looking forward to the challenge and uh, also then improving the show over the next few months before I take it on the major tour, which you can come and see yourself. Go to www.richardherring.com slash happy underscore now slash tour and you can see all the dates that we have in so far. Uh, but we are here today to talk about my performance of We're All Going to Die before looking ahead to the weekend shows, Laura the Dance Settee. And Happy Now, which I have just mentioned. Let's see what I thought before the show. And we're all going to die in my dressing room at the Leicester Square Theatre. Okay. There's a whole week. Hello there. We are backstage before show 10. Gosh, it's nearly over. Uh, We're all going to die. Um, Which uh, hopefully we are not going to do. Um, I shouldn't think everyone will. That seems unlikely. But um, yes, it's. Uh, I was haven't done too much work on it. I was, it's about sixteen months since I last did this show, so I, I thought it would come back to me quite easily. And there's at least a couple of routines that I've been doing quite regularly, so those are hopefully going to be all right. Though you know, I said that yesterday, and then well, I thought that yesterday, and then the Ferrero Rocher one was the one I made most mistakes on almost. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a tricky show. It's quite an intricate show. The beginning is very complicated, I, and I've got a set list there because I don't think I'm going to be able to do it without the set list. And once it gets beyond the kind of quite tricky first half hour, it just becomes some routines and it's a bit easier to remember the order. We'll see. I'm not sure. I just tried to do the end there after as, a, as just because there's a lighting cue at the end and I couldn't remember what happened. So, But that's the second half, so there's still plenty of time. I can look at that in the interval. Uh, we are currently on, we're doing all right. These these two this weekend, which were very low, it's up to 271 with 15 minutes to go. So that might even overtake. Hercules was 275, I think. I think Headmaster Sun is about 285. I don't think it'll quite get up to that level, but very surprising to see these two shows that were right at the bottom of the table, George. They're now mid table respectability. I mean, this one is in the top four or five now. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a surprise. And, uh, we, we've got uh, next Lord of the Dance is currently at the bottom of the table but I think should with a week to sell should do quite well and uh, yeah so it's uh, I, I think there are, I don't, I'm trying to think if there are any major challenges we're not doing it's a bit too long this show and I can't really think what I can cut out of it so I'm just going to do it and hope no one minds uh, or just hope that I forget something that means it makes it shorter um, we don't we haven't got the smoke machine and the graves that we had when we first did it I'm not wearing a suit because none of my suits fit well the one suit that fits is in the dry cleaners um, but it's nice to be casual, uh, and yeah, I've been having a nice time with my daughter. She rolled over for the third time today, so we and I managed to film that. So that's nice. Um, still, kind of a bit worried about it. I mean, it should be feeling good, wouldn't it, at the end? But I do have to write at least a third of the final show and learn it uh, in the next week, as well as refresh myself on Lord of the Dance Etty, which surely has got to be read reasonably easy. So let's go out. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't think there'll be any blubbing in this one, though I do talk about my grandma dying, so you never know. And there is a bit where I talk about um, being sad that my, if I have any children, I'll never get to meet her. 
Um, and I think really with my, my, you know, my daughter, what's nice is my daughter does have one of, is one of her middle names is Doris, which is my grandma's name. And I think she might be quite like a Doris Hannon figure. My, she's very friendly and smiley. So I think she might be the new Doris of the next generation. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a, it's, this weekend is the Doris Hannon weekend. And um, so hopefully I won't be on the edge of blubbing like I was for the last five minutes of yesterday. I'm hard. It's never going to happen. And York City won today, 3-0, so that's good. And England are winning 6-0 at the moment. So, you know, that's all good as well, isn't it? So who cares if the show doesn't go very well? Not me. See you later. That's it. <coughs> yeah, it's a surprising little intricate show. You can see at the end there I had a bit of a cold. I was coughing and um, I'd been away in Suffolk for the first few days of the week just having a break with my family and some friends. And I was with lots of kids around who probably would have given me germs. But also we uh, it was a bit cold at times and... One point when we were crabbing, I uh, we got cut off on the bridge. Um, the water rose, and we had to wade through water to escape. It was very exciting, um, but that might be what gave me a cold as well. I've got a little bit of cold at the moment as I work towards the final shows. Um, there was a little bit in the nine eleven routine that I forgot, which I will discuss at the in the in the post mortem of the show. Um, which is slightly annoying. It made it slightly not work as well as it should, and it's a nice intricate routine. But it's also playing around with on the borderline of taste. So to forget a little bit of it made it slightly annoying. But yeah, this show actually, despite it being a succession of ideas that are similar and difficult to remember the order, um, I, I think I did get through it all okay. And I was worried about the second half and um, with the, the old woman who swallowed a fly routine. Again, has lots of bits that all need to be in the right place. And uh, the Hamlet routine, where I need to get Hamlet right, I did make a very minor error in one of the speeches, one part of the speech. Um, it wasn't as crisp as what is love anyway. Weirdly, it just was, I was just like a little bit a beat behind in my head. But, so it was all coming out, but only just. Um, I'm, I'm sure in terms of the performance for the people who were in the audience, it wouldn't be that much different. But for me, uh, I, I thought this would be a lot easier than it was. And, it, and I worked very hard another day because I realised it was going to be a lot harder. Uh, for a bit of fun, I might play you the old room you a fly routine, which was uh, notable in that a fly was flying around on the stage. If you've watched uh, Rich Chang's Let's Square Theatre podcast, you know that sometimes this theatre has a problem with insects. Um, and uh, this one did have a little heckle and interruption and stage Dive by a fly. Let's see if you can pick that up. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope none of you died during the interval, but if you did, thanks for the money. You wasted half your money there. Ah. Please welcome back, Richard Herring. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, uh, I hope you're enjoying it. This is it's amazing. This is the tenth of these twelve shows. It's kind of incredible. I thought this one would be a lot easier to learn. I only did it sixteen months ago, but it wasn't. It's very hard. And <laughs> uh, believe me, the second half is incredibly intricate and difficult. So uh, good luck, everyone. I hope it. <laughs> hope it goes well for you. Uh, so there was an old woman who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. You probably dismiss this as a childish piece of surrealist nonsense. I believe that is the greatest work of English literature about life and death and existentialism 
and here's why. First comes the Jeopardy. An old woman swallows a fly. Understandably, she's concerned. This might result in her death. Not sure how. Uh, maybe she noticed the fly had a bit of poo on its foot or something she's worried about. Dysentery. Even though she's lived longer than an average lifespan, she's still afeard of death. Uh, like many of us, she seeks a short-term solution to a problem without considering the long-term or even immediate consequences. She swallows a spider. <laughs> Spiders, she has reasoned correctly, are the natural predators of flies. That spider will seek that fly down, gobble it up, problem solved. Alas, it is only once she's ingested the arachnid, she realises she has a new crisis. <laughs> the spider is, if anything, more hazardous to her health than the fly she initially swallowed. She now has a spider wriggling and wiggling and tickling inside her. Sure, it's just eaten, it's sated for now, but there will come a time when that spider is hungry and will have no choice but to feast on that old lady's insides. She could keep eating flies in an attempt to stem the spider's appetite. <laughs> I think that would make a mockery of a decision to swallow the spider to catch the fly in the first place. She's human, she doesn't want to admit she's made a mistake. Also, she didn't check. That spider might have been preg pregnant. Always check for pregnancy. There could already be a thousand tiny spiders wriggling and wiggling and copulating inside her. The number of flies she'd need to keep them all happy would be like a lorry load a day. She'd have to spend the rest of her life shoveling handfuls of flies into her gullet. I'd rather be dead than that. That's no kind of life I'd rather be dead. Instead, she chooses to solve her problem in what some of you might consider is a short-sighted fashion, given what literally just happened with the spider. Do you remember? She swallows a bird. How absurd. <laughs> it's not, though, is it? It's not that absurd, because what she's doing is swallowing slightly larger predators of the previous creature. A bird is a predator of a spider. That makes perfect logical sense. Some of the choices she's about to make are ridiculous. <laughs> Don't go banding the word absurd around at this juncture. I think they only put that there in there for the rhyme. Even... <laughs> Even if there are a million spiders inside, a one bird will make short work of that. Her intestines are now free of creepy crawlies. But in an elaborate satire of the arms race, she now has a new bird. She now has a bird flying around inside her intestines, hitting with its wings, pecking it with its beak, burrowing into her pancreas in a vain search for worms. She's in pain, and though by now she must surely have noticed a pattern emerging... She's too committed to the idea to back out now. So committed, in fact, that she picks up a cat. Presumably by its tail, because she puts the cat in the other way around. All that cat's going to do is shit on that bird, which will just add to her health and safety nightmare. She, she lowers the cat towards her face. That cat is not interested in going into that old lady's mouth. It's clawing at her eyes, using its paws for leverage. Presumably she has to dislocate her jaw. This is how committed she is. Imagine swallowing it, getting in and then swallowing all that fur. <laughs> the choice of a cat is logical. It's clearly insane. A cat does not like to be confined in tight spaces, especially if they're damp. A cat also hates to have stomach acid and bile squirted into its delicate cat eyes, as I have learned from experience. But... Uh, <laughs> It works out for her somehow. She swallows the cat, the cat swallows a bird. She now is a furious, confused, bewildered cat wriggling around inside her, clawing at her intestines. She, she's in terrible agony. She must now know that her death is inevitable, but she's too far gone. Is her survival instinct too strong? She swallows a dog. Um, up to now, I've been quite on board with the choices. They have made sense. I'm not sure about the dog, I have to say. Uh, the dog and the cat are cartoon enemies, but I don't... In real life, I've never seen a dog actually eat a cat. Uh, 
Uh, many cats and dogs get on very well. You have to put them together first to find out if they're friendly or not. If she's chosen unwisely, they sh all she's got there is a dog and a cat curled up in her stomach or sleeping together. <laughs> At best, that is an amusing YouTube video. <laughs> and only if she has access to an endoscope. But uh, somehow it works. The dog swallows the cat. She's got a, she's got a dog inside her, the living dog inside her, something only previously experienced by Debbie McGee. Uh, the... Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. I was thinking the magic trick she did with a, a dog where she made a... Well, a small part of a dog disappear, then appear, then disappear, then appear again. It was a magic trick. Uh, well, me who did it. Even. The dog has... Take it up with her if you've got a problem with it. Uh, the dog has a living cat and the cat has a living bird inside. The bird has a living spider. The spider has a living uh, fly. No, no, ingestion doesn't seem to kill any of these creatures. Uh, how does she choose to counteract the dog? She swallows a cow. Her logic seems to have broken down at this point. The, the dog and the cow, whilst not particularly friendly in nature, are certainly no enemies. They, uh, they, don't, they, just, they don't really move in the same circles, but they just they avoid each other at best. A cow is a herbivore. You should only really swallow a cow if you've previously swallowed a life-threatening quantity of grass. Um, I think the old woman missed a trick. I think there was a way out of this. She didn't need to swallow the cow. What the old woman has forgotten is that dogs really like to chase things. If I'd been that old lady, I would have bent over, taken out down my old lady pants, pointed my anus at a field of sheep. That dog would have sensed that, bang, it'd have been out there with a cat, all the other creatures safely inside him. Problem solved. She'd have been saved. Admittedly, she would have been left with quite horrific anal injuries, but that is... <laughs> That's still better than being dead, isn't it? That is still... That's still, I mean, it might have killed her, but there's a chance she might have survived. That's all I'm saying. Maybe that's what happened at the Michael Barrymore house. That's, so that's... No, so I'm sorry, that was too far. No, I'd, I'd like... I apologise. I'd like to take that back. That's inappropriate. No-one knows what happened that day, and it's, uh, it's offensive and inappropriate even to speculate on that, so I, I hope you'll allow me to take that back. But you mustn't even speculate about something like that, though. I think what might have happened is that Michael was... He was feeding his guests just increasingly large animals. He got out of hand. No, it's, too, it's not. It's inappropriate. It's in, nobody knows what happened. No one will ever know. No one's ever going to know what happened that day. I think it might have been that. But instead, <laughs> ironically, there is a fly uh, on, this, on this stage that is flying in my face. Almost like it knows what this is about. If you look at its little face, it's almost like it understands. <laughs> instead... <laughs> Instead, she swallows a cow. I don't know how, they don't say. It would be allowed to put that in the song. Uh, and she must be astonished to find out she's still alive. I mean, is she immortal? Is she a god of some kind? Uh, at this point, she must surely just be a cow shaped with old woman's skin stretched around it. Uh, her next choice, though, shows she has no re real interest in getting out of this problem. She swallows a horse. A horse to swallow a cow? That doesn't make sense. It's not even much bigger than a cow. Not going to eat a cow, is she? Is she just confused by a stomach full of animals, or is there a more sinister explanation to this problem? I think it's only in overanalyzing this song in a manner that I think a few of you have felt has gone on for too long already. <laughs> we come to cr the crux of this. There's a clue right at the beginning of the poem. You didn't even spot it. It's there. It says, "I don't know why she swallowed a fly." That's odd, isn't it? If she'd swallowed the fly by accident, she'd just said, oh, I've swallowed a fly by accident, what should I do? But she doesn't. The old lady remains tight-lipped for the only time in the entire song. <laughs> Surely the only inference we can take from that is that she swallowed the fly on purpose. Did she know where this was going to lead? Was this her plan all along? She was old. Maybe she'd just been to the doctor, found out she only had a, she had a painful terminal illness, she had only a few months to live. She, she didn't want to commit blatant suicide because that would be against the law. It would uh, have, in effect, uh, insurance. 
Uh, she'd end up in hell with all those idiots from 9-11. Uh, think of all of their kids, all those kids living in that shoe. They've got a hard enough life as it is already. So uh, she took this unusual step of doing this. Instead, it's interesting she had all those animals lined up, ready to go, wasn't it? And once you've eaten a cow, how far do you think you could realistically waddle? About three foot? Oh, there's a horse there. That was lucky. She knew what she was doing. She planned this all in advance. Uh, she, she took this course of action. It would make her look eccentric, uh, but it would definitely kill her. She died, of course. Of course she died. Death was the inevitable consequence of this string of events. Suicide is the only rational explanation for what happened that day. <laughs> Unless she was just really trying to bump up her death weight. So... Yeah, there we go. A callback to something you haven't heard that got a nice laugh at the end of that routine. I hope you enjoyed that free routine. Um, there are a few little stumbles and mistakes in there, but not too bad. Um, and I think you get an idea. There's some very intricate language, intricate language in there. Sorry, I'm drinking whiskey as I perform this and record this. It's not even a performance. Um, so uh, I'm making some mistakes, even in the podcast itself, which I will then do another podcast about this podcast and then do clips from this podcast and say, and this bit, you can see where I was drinking whiskey because I was drunk. Um, I'm not drunk. I've had one little whiskey. Come on, give me a break. You're not my mum. Can't remember what I was saying at all. There we go. Let's leave it there. Now, you can see from the language, it was very intricate and, uh, yeah, even though this was quite a recent show, it was it was a pain to learn it, and uh, but loads of really nice stuff in this show. I'm, I I really like the Love Show. I think this show sort of might be better, even though I think the Love Show is my favourite one. In that this, especially with a few little, you know, it, it doesn't have it doesn't have the same number of, of linking bits that aren't that funny in it. But I think there was still a little room for. Uh, editing down this one to make it a little bit tighter. But there's some really strong, I think, in my opinion, my personal arrogant opinion, there's some very strong routines in here. Um, some nice stuff about religion, some nice jokes, and uh, this second half has these just three longish routines, which I think all work well, and, and a lot of the callbacks come in very nicely. So, yeah, pretty pleased with the way it went. I think the second half particularly went well. And the audience, by the end, even though I think they have all the audiences, they were maybe the most reticent. And I thought, oh, they're not getting into it or they're not enjoying it. But by the end, they were the audience that I think almost maybe appreciated it the most. Certainly in the, when I'm doing the signings afterwards, the, the, there was a lot of very nice comments, which shows as a performer, you just have to keep performing as if the audience are loving it. Uh, or as in loving as much as all the other audiences, because that audience doesn't know that they are not necessarily as laughing as much or as giving as other ones. And in the second half, I think they were they were a really lovely audience, um, and they weren't an unpleasant audience in the first half. Just they were a little bit reticent to get into it all. Let's see how I wrapped it up in the dressing room after the show and see if I agree with the stuff I've just said. And at the start of this, you can see George Salmon is just as funny as I am. Uh, because he's talking about how his batteries are all running down. It's a, an occupational hazard for the sound man, especially an incompetent sound man. And then I, as you'll see, say he should charge the cost of the batteries to Chris Evans, not that one, the guy from Go Fast Stripe. And then you'll see what he says if you listen very carefully, you can hear it. Charge him to Chris Evans. Is he a battery charger? Ah, good. Hadn't even thought of that. Cool. Are you ready to go? 
Oh, good. Well, that's we're nearly there. We're ten twelfths. That's five sixths of the way through. Um, and it was good. It was fine. I was a bit worried. I was upset. I was a bit fluffy. I thought in the first half and made a few mistakes. But actually, I got through the whole thing, and I didn't need to look at my sheet, which I was more worried about. And I only forgot. The only bit I forgot was talking about the people jumping out the World Trade Center saying it's a leap, could, a leap of faith they could have survived what if uh, Laurie had been driving past with loads of mattresses on it they could have learned oh that happens all the time in cartoons what if a uh, eagle had been flying underneath gigantic they'd all landed on its back it happens at the end of The Hobbit Part 1 spoiler alert so that bit got missed out uh, but there you have it now uh, and yeah it was, it was a really weirdly difficult show I mean I know I didn't do much work on it during the week because I was away and, uh, but I did a lot of work on it today and it was very hard to get it in there. Uh, but the second half, which has the more intricate, difficult routines, and it seemed to go a lot better and was nice. And every time it seems to come out at the right, uh, at the right length as well, which is lucky because I, I wasn't going to cut anything on purpose from this show. So it came out about the right length without any faffing around. And the audience was very nice. 276, I think it was, which was just one or two more than Hercules. So it's bumped up in the charts, uh, which is great. So just these two more to go, uh, hoping they can sell, hopefully... Friday will be over 300 and Saturday might be sold out so you can make that happen if you want to come and buy tickets and see the final two of these uh, Happy Now will also be on tour obviously uh, and uh, back at the Leicester Square Theatre next year so if you can't make it this time you have a chance to make it then but yes feeling good feeling happy to finish that now the major problem is writing a final show <laughs> but we'll get some there'll be something There's, I've got some ideas there is, there is some stuff already it's just not as much as I would usually have premiering a new show, certainly at Edinburgh. So it's going to be... But I think this week might just focus my mind and I have the whole week to do this because I'm not going to... I'll learn Lord of the Dance Seti on the day and, um, and the rest of the week will be concentrating on Happy Now, which I'm very excited about doing, actually. I think there's going to be lots of funny stuff in it. So, uh, yeah, it's a big relief to have got this far and it seems to have worked and everyone seemed to be happy and there weren't any overly mad people waiting for me this time. Just the usual, the correct level of madness, which I don't mind. Uh, so, yes, see you next time. Well, I'll probably talk more after this in the podcast. Here I am. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for handing over to me so nicely. Yeah, so well, I am looking forward now to the new shows, the last two shows. And, well, I, well, let's quickly look back. And I mean, it's sort of incredible that I've done this. I mean, these... the as hard as the final was going to be, um, these going through all these 10 shows as, I mean, I'm sort of surprised how well I've done and how few errors have been and how many awful and embarrassing bits have been. Um, so I'm really pleased with it. It's gone. It's, I think I've probably said this in the other podcast in the week, but it's just been great to have the level of support from the audience who have really been behind me, uh, and also with the Kickstarter campaign, which today, as I'm recording this, did hit its £50,000 target, which is sort of unbelievable for Rich Herring's Lesser Square Theatre podcast. So we'll be filming series eight of those, uh, and some great guests coming up if you can make it down. But if you can't, you can watch it all for free, uh, if you haven't paid any money. And why should you? That's my question to you. So yeah, it's been it's definitely been a, a worthwhile thing to do. I'm looking forward to it being over and and relaxing a little bit. Though I will be starting work on a sitcom and there's various bits and pieces to do as well as elements of the tour. There's some tour dates coming up for Happy Now in Manchester and 
I should have a look where else I'm coming, Newport I'm coming to, and should I have a look, should I know where else I'm coming, should I have a look, quick look now, can you wait for me, let me have a quick look, uh, Frog and Bucket, Manchester, Newport, or the Brighton Festival, uh, haven't, and then I think those are the only ones I'm doing this year, though I think there might be one in Oval and things like that, I'm putting in a few little more. Basically, I mean, basically, I need to do some more previews of the show. But uh, it was, it went well tonight, as I said. I was down in Catford, which I didn't know was a real place. I thought it was just a joke from a Baron Knight song. But that's such an old reference that not even the people of Catford knew what I was talking about on the whole. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting doing a new show at the end of all these honed and well-rehearsed well shows, or at least, you know, well-rehearsed when the first time I did them. And, uh, but I think, I think I've got some nice new routines. I think what, what I'll do on Saturday will be quite different than what I'll end up doing on the tour next year. But, um, that seems quite apt as well. I mean, it'd be nice to be able to refer to what I've just been through and, and talk about that little, the journey of these 12 shows within this show. I think I'm planning on doing the first half. I'm going to do a few of the routines that I had to cut for time because there's two or three really nice ones that I liked, and then I'll just do a sort of 20, 25-minute first half, and then hopefully a full hour second half, or 55 minutes. So uh, there are about 20 tickets left for that if you want to come along. Uh, that might not be the case when you listen to this, but there might be one or two, so do get in touch with the theatre straight away if you want to come to that one. Lord of Dancetti, which of course is, I have to presume, is still largely inside my head, having finished doing that two or three months ago. Um... So I'm not too worried about that one. That's, it's, you know, I think it's an interesting show in that it probably, it felt like as I was, and maybe I discussed this in the Royal of the Dance City podcast, and I would like to apologise for not having had time to finish that off and, and take you through all the, the latter gigs, but uh, it just took up a lot of time to edit that show together. Uh, and I had other things that I needed to do. But uh, in Edinburgh, the the end of this show, you know, there were, in Edinburgh I was dead at the end of the show, and that, and that felt fairly symbolic of where I felt I was within my career. And uh, in the DVD record, something different happened. So you'll be able to hopefully buy the DVD of uh, Lord of the Dance City quite soon. We're just in the process of editing it. Something went wrong with the sound. I don't know whose fault it was. And uh, so we're just trying to sort that out. I think we're going to manage. Um, it's a nice show, you know. It's a, it's a show with some nice routines. It was a show that I tried to do, which wasn't too offensive. Doesn't have many much swearing in it. Um, and yeah, quite complicated ideas. Again, I think it, it's even though I tried to make it a bit more people friendly or non vegetarian fan friendly maybe I didn't succeed in that in that it was still quite strange and but just nice stories from my life and they, it sort of did all tie together being about where I was in my life and my career looking forwards and looking backwards and working out where I'm going to go next and so happy now whilst at the moment it feels like a, a little end point after an, a journey of 11 I kind of hope that Lord of the Dance City is a launch pad to the next few shows that will, hopefully I will just keep putting out a show, if not every year, nearly every year, 
and um, if you haven't managed to get down to see these 12 shows, I'm obviously not going to be able to perform them all over the country because I don't, there's the, the nice thing about London is there's a lot of people here. So if I can get 300 of them down every night, it's, uh, it's a plausibility, but I think even in somewhere like Manchester or Bristol where I do quite well, I don't think I could do 12 shows in, well, and also I don't want, I don't want to be away from home for that long, but next year I think I might actually do a best of show in which I take the routines I like the best from these 12 shows and, and mold them into 90 minutes of comedy so you may get a chance to see me do some of these routines live if you haven't seen them before uh but yeah it's it's still quite a challenge to get happy now out I was tired today this is Monday and uh, I meant to work all afternoon and I didn't do any work but then often when I'm when I'm creating a new show I do so much of it on stage and the weird thing I suppose at happy now is that I didn't have that many previews in then I put some previews in but I had to use a lot of those previews to preview the, sh- the other 12 shows so that I felt confident about them so I haven't done as many previews as usual and I haven't had the chance to dick around on stage as much but in a sense if tonight's only to go well that keeps it quite fresh and I don't quite know what's coming next and then I mess around and and tell the stories that I'm telling and uh, hopefully that will be interesting in a different way well yeah I'm very tired now so I'm going to go to bed but um, it's I've to record this late so that I can get up in the morning and write happy now. We'll see if that works out. But really, I'm so touched and genuinely overwhelmed by the support for both um, the 12 shows. And thank you to all the people who've been downloading the full shows and paying that £12 to download. What's 18 hours of material? If you're enjoying these podcasts and think even these are worth £12, you'll, you'll get lots and lots of comedy. And, uh, you know, it's not the... It's not like uh, they're perfect renditions of, of all these routines, though some of them are very good. Uh, it's You're joining in with the atmosphere of it. You go to gofasterstripe.com slash 12 shows and you can download 10 shows for £12, which is quite good value. And, yeah, so the, the Kickstarter thing's been great. And, um, you know, it's, it's genuinely... Uh, very encouraging for me that people this small band of people but not in not insignificantly small are supporting me in what i do so thank you very much i hope you've been enjoying these podcasts i will be back next week with the rundowns of what happened in lord of the art city and happy now and then i will be on tour with happy now Whew. and rich james that's square theater podcast coming back on the 27th of september so Anything you can do to help out and support me is most welcome. But uh, to be honest, if you're just enjoying these and if you tell your friends about them, that is payment enough up to a point until I starve to death and my baby dies. If you want that on your conscience. This one was about death, so that's allowed. Thanks very much. I'll see you next time. Bye.